Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and good to have you with us. I love the headline on the Gateway Pundit the other day over the story about a report that proved the Fed's new MAGA would be in D.C. on January 6th, and they would entrap them all in what became known as Jan 6. The headline read, quote, Huge, they lied about everything. That headline could have been used, as you and I both know, almost any day over the past two years, two and a half years, because the Biden campaign was really just a tune-up for what became the Biden presidency, pouring lies upon lies, built upon lies, and more lies. But that particular headline in the pundit was just part of the headline that day, and in big, bold type, the headline read thusly, quote, Huge. They lied about everything. 96-page report uncovered. It shows government knew MAGA was coming on Jan 6 and entrapped them all, exclamation mark, end of quote. The blockbuster report was uncovered by J6 defense attorney Joe McBride. He represents a number of the Jan 6 defendants and some of the political prisoners still ensnared in the political entrapment held still in the D.C. gulag. And now, volatility in our markets. Three banks failing and about 20 others on watch. Credit Suisse is being carefully watched, as are a few others. The market's showing signs of stabilizing, but those markets remain unsettled. The FDIC and Federal Reserve coordinating with the Biden Treasury Department to strengthen troubled institutions. It turns out that the failed banks were more woke than vigilant and focused on social, political issues rather than rigorous financial management of their banks. For example, Silicon Valley Bank had reportedly donated more than $73 million to Black Lives Matter and related social justice groups before they collapsed. And there are reports that U.S. big business has donated over $80 billion to Black Lives Matter and similar organizations. The Gateway Pundit reported that a Claremont Institute Center for the American Way revealed that BLM received $82.9 billion, that's billion with a B, from corporations, big U.S. corporations. And so where did all of that money go? Well, that's the really good part of this. No one seems to know. There are no records. Congressman Tom Tiffany is our guest today. He's one of the hard-working Republican leaders in the 118th Congress. He sits on the powerful Judiciary Committee. He's introduced bills to stop federal government discrimination, racial preferences of any kind and another bill to prevent Biden from unilaterally approving any binding agreements with the United Nations World Health Organization 
on any arrangement that would give authority to the World Health Organization in a pandemic or other health issue in the United States. Congressman Tiffany, great to have you with us. Welcome. Oh, it's great to join you, Lou. Uh, just as a note to you and our uh, listeners, we just got another 10 inches of climate change last night here in northern Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're delighted that uh, climate change is working, at least with, uh, with beautiful scenery uh, in uh, all of that snow. Uh, it is. And thanks for the climate change update. We appreciate it, as always. Um, <laughs> Congressman Tiffany, you've you've introduced a bill that I well a number of bills, but a, a bill that I want to start with here, uh, to to block Biden from unilateral approval of the World Health Organization, and to designate anything that comes close to uh, approximating uh, a treaty uh, with the WHO to be treated as a treaty and require the uh, the approval of the Senate. Uh, I, I just want to compliment you, and I want to, th and I want to thank you for doing so. Yeah, no, it's uh, my privilege to be able to do it with Senator Ron Johnson from uh, my home state here in Wisconsin. As you know, uh, Senator Johnson, no one has been more stalwart than he has at getting to the origins of COVID and really the devastation that was done to America and the world as a result of what Senator Johnson refers to as the COVID cartel. And, um, and part of that cartel is the World Ho uh, Health Organization. And they're seeking, at least the Biden administration is uh, seeking to strike an agreement via President Biden's special envoy uh, from the United States uh, to the World Health Organization to create this, I suppose it's a multilateral agreement amongst many countries. And we're just saying this sure sounds a lot like a treaty under uh, this bill. It would require any agreement to go before the United States Senate where it requires a two thirds majority in order to be able to have it enacted. And your judgment of why this administration is so uh, taken with the idea of reducing America's sovereignty uh, in some cases, eliminating our sovereignty in deference to organizations like UN and organizations like the World Health Organization, where the Communist Chinese Party has some of the highest placed positions. Obviously, they've spent time and strategy to come up with a peopling of WHO executive officials uh, who are now Chinese nationals. Yeah, the World Health Organization has shown very cl clearly that they're going to carry the water of the communist Chinese government. All we have to do, Lou, is go back to December of 2019 when the Taiwanese government warned the WHO there's something strange going on in communist China, in particular in Wuhan, China. And they were urging them to take a look at it. What did the World Health Organization do? They took the side of the communist Chinese government who wanted to keep this stifled, who wanted to keep it under wraps. The World Health Organization did their bidding. And now we're seeing the consequences of that. Fortunately, last week, 
uh, we just passed a bill through Congress that went through uh, unanimously, something that's very rare, to declassify all the information in regards to COVID and its origins. And this should have been done long ago. The World Health Organization should have participated in that when the Taiwanese government alerted them to these problems that were happening in mainland China and the World Health Organization did nothing. So uh, we need to demand accountability. And certainly if we're gonna strike any agreement, as you said, the Biden administration seeks to, seeks to breach our sovereignty, it seems like every turn, including down in the Southern border, the most, um, uh, most visual example. And we need to make sure that we protect American sovereignty. And that's what we're attempting to do with this bill. Well, good for you. And again, thank you for doing so because so there is a broad in this now Republican-led Congress, uh, a real return to a sense uh, that, first of all, uh, American interests are priorities uh, with the 118th Congress. And it, I, I think the American people may be in part sitting back in shock to see uh, your bill uh, and others that have been moving, the, the formation of these committees and the hearings that are following uh, on uh, on the uh, on the heels of your promises to do just that, represent the American people during the campaign, it is refreshing to see that becoming a reality. Your, your reaction? Yeah, Lou. If I could add on to the comments you just made there, um, you know, you go back to 2016 when then candidate Donald Trump talked about the swamp, talked about the border but really expose what was going on in Washington, D.C. I believe we're still in that mode that, you know, seven years later, the American people are still seeing what is real, what Washington, D.C. really has become. I mean, think about the FBI and our intelligence agencies, what's been exposed there as they collude with the social media companies to deny people their First Amendment rights of free speech. We look at what's going on in the border. I mean, where we have organizations like the International Organization for Migration, our, as well as the cartels at the border, that our United States government is almost complicit with them in what is happening down at our southern border. So we see this in so many ways that the American people, I, I think for many of them, they can't believe these things uh, are happening or were happening. They thought they could trust their government. They're finding out in so many ways that the corruption runs deep and wide. And that's why I think we're still in the phase of exposing to the American people. And it's why the oversight processes that we're putting in place are so important and that we continue to do that, Lou, as we go forward so the American people fully understand um, what is happening with their government in Washington, D.C. And you said on one of the most, two most important, in my judgment, two of the most important committees on oversight, and that is Judiciary, uh, chaired by Jim Jordan of, of Ohio. What is your sense of how how forward you're moving, uh, how quickly and to your satisfaction? Yeah, you know, we can never move fast enough, but, you know, the um, targets are many that we can be shooting at. And, you know, you have to be, you got to pick and choose. And so far we have been doing that. And I think there's some good things happening going forward. 
I truly believe that the border is the biggest issue. While people can make a very good case for um, energy independence, uh, fiscal responsibility, all those things that you could make a very good case that that's number one. And I would not quibble with anyone that says that. I do believe that the border is number one. And we've held a couple hearings in regards to that. Uh, Chairman Jordan took us down to Yuma, Arizona, where we had a packed house down in the city hall in Yuma, Arizona. I think um, that is so important. And so we've kind of started there and hopefully we're gonna have legislation that's gonna be moving on that soon. But um, there's other things that are happening. Jamie Comer's doing a really good job, the representative from Kentucky, of exposing many of these things, COVID-related, FBI-related, and others. You know, we just have to be persistent and pick off as many of those targets as we can here in what's going to be two short years. In two short years, and I'm not sure that the, the American people uh, have ever witnessed anything quite at this level uh, or this breadth an investigation of the corruption of their federal government, because that's what this amounts to. Uh, Mayorkas, uh, the Secretary of the uh, Department of Homeland Security, he is nothing more than a fraud uh, and a, a, a sad, tragic uh, picture of what a U.S. government servant should look like and sound like and do. He is lying through his teeth and nearly every time he appears in Congress, before Congress, he lies to the American people. He will still maintain to this very day and has that that border is secure. Joe Biden will ask, why? Why should I be worried about the, the border? Everything is in hand. As 6 million, the estimate is 6 million, that's the estimate I buy, 6 million illegal immigrants have been brought into this country over the past two years by the Biden administration with direct and the size of the state of Wisconsin. Yes, it's 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 un incredible. And no one can tell you in the United States Congress. No one will tell you where they are, who's paying for them and how much and what are they doing and what is what is to be done to stop it. Yeah, so those people that are that may be tuning in here, Lou, that are skeptical in regards to Secretary Mayorkas and saying, well, you know, he's doing the work that President Biden wants him to do. Um, you know, it's not an easy job, whatever. To the words that you use there, all you have to do is don't take ours. Go talk to the Border Patrol agents. Numerous Border Patrol agents have said clearly, Secretary Mayorkas is lying to you, the American people. He is not telling you the truth. And it is pretty sad when you have a cabinet secretary that fails to tell the American the tr Americans the truth about what is happening. Terribly unfortunate. So um, I'm hoping as we move forward that we're gonna have a series of bills. I know I have one of them that deals with the issue of parole that is being abused once again by the Biden administration. And, um, uh, I'm hoping that those reforms are going to come before the Judiciary Committee and that we can vote them out of committee, send them to the full floor of the House, because when exposed, when people see what we're attempting to do, they're going to say, I like what's going on there. You know, it's kind of like our first votes, Lou, that we took at the very start of the session for Speaker, four days, 15 votes. The more, what I found, the more people tuned in, they went from, you Republicans are in disarray, to this is about openness and transparency and accountability to the American people of the House of Representatives. I had more people saying, 
you know what? I kind of like what these guys are trying to accomplish. And it was a very good way to start this session of Congress is to get that openness and transparency. Hopefully we can continue it as we go forward. I, I certainly hope you can. And I'm amongst those who said during the uh, the Patriot 20 uh, uh, demonstration uh, in negotiations for Speaker McCarthy's uh, job, at the onset of the 118th Congress, I, I mean, that was a wonderful moment in American history. Uh, and people, the establishment, as you well know, were saying, oh, this is terrible. Republicans are are making fools of themselves and they're having a public policy discussions uh, out in public and they're making sausage in full view. Uh, you know, they were scared <laughs> to death. And I don't know of a single person uh, other than someone from the Marxist left uh, who who was an overjoyed by seeing their representatives in full in full argument and debate and discussion and negotiations because that is what the house of representatives used to be representative of the people arguing for the people's purpose yeah and it's it's not always pretty but uh, that's that's how it works i mean so think about it just to recap there's no longer the Christmas tree bills that Nancy Pelosi right. put on the floor where you vote in two hours. It's 72 hours to vote, single issue bills largely. I'm sure there'll be a couple exceptions, but that's largely what's uh, being done. And you can post from the floor of the House. I served in our state legislature in the state of Wisconsin for nearly 10 years. It was foreign coming to the House of Representatives where there was a rule by Nancy Pelosi. You cannot introduce a uh, an amendment from the floor of the House of Representatives. You can do that now. And Lou, this is good, not just for Republicans in the majority. This is good for all 435 members, probably as good a bipartisan effort or, or, or an attempt to have bipartisanship in the House of Representatives that's been enacted in a long time. We did it at the start of this session. And to Speaker McCarthy's credit, he's embraced it. And he has done good things uh, since then, as we went through the first couple months of this session. You know, what I always say to our audience uh, on The Great America Show is our job to be skeptical as American citizens. We should be skeptical of our government. We should be skeptical about our schools and what they're doing with our children. We should have a show me, prove to me what you're saying is the truth. Uh, that should that is the nature that is our heritage. Americans are skeptics. They're plain spoken. Uh, we have been with throughout ingenious and innovative people who are brave, courageous, and demanding of our of our rights. We now have a society that has fallen back, uh, that is back on their heels. They're intimidated by their government. They know their government has targeted them. If they're parents of children. In a public school, they are very close to being declared a domestic terrorist if they raise their voice in a school board meeting. They are very close to being targeted if they are conservatives or church-going or, or, or temple-going. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to see the number of rights that are just being crushed by this corrupt federal government. And when you say that, Congressman, I just want to be clear. I don't think that American people should uh, at any time be embarrassed to say, show me. Uh, and I, I'm just curious about how you feel about it, representing your district. I'd like to know what your district thinks of, about their government right now. 
Oh, they're very concerned. So the number one thing that I hear, Lou, is that two systems of justice in America. Why are there two separate rules of justice in America? That is the number one concern that I hear from so many people. And, you know, I, I, and I keep looking for that second set of rules. I think there are only one set of rules, and they're only for conservatives and Republicans, independents. Uh, they're only for uh, church-going people, uh, faith, people of faith. Uh, they're only for people who have nuclear families and want to preserve our heritage and our destiny. Uh, for the left, the Marxist left, the Marxist dims that have overtaken uh, control of the Democrat Party, there are no rules. It, to me, is a single, single system of justice, and we are bearing the brunt of it, uh, those of us who are not Marxist Dems in this country. What do you think? Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's a dual system of justice at this point. All you have to do is look at the January 6th detainees versus the rioters in the summer of love in 2020. All you have to do is look at those school board um, people that appear before school boards that you mentioned where the FBI put threat tags on them. Um, all you have to do is look at those examples and you, I mean, you, you see what's happening there. But, you know, that's why we have oversight. That's why we have elections. And that's why we got to keep fighting. I keep telling people, keep the faith. And um, I know it's not easy to do at times, but we got to keep pushing back against this. And the more we can expose it, the American people, I'm hopeful, will be understanding that, hey, there's one party that's standing up for freedom and liberty here in America. And that's us Republicans. And that's why we Republicans need to be very consistent about it. You know, to your point, Lou, I tell people, you know, people qualify their statements to me. Sometimes they'll say, you know, Tom, I don't mean to be critical, but, you know, I think you should have done something different here. I just tell them, you don't ever have to preface a remark. I work for you. I represent you. You should never feel hesitant to say, I think you should do this differently. I think you should vote differently. Do you know about this? We should all as representatives should recognize we represent the American people, not the other way around. Hallelujah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm so proud uh, uh, that that's the way you feel. And, and I'm sure your district, your constituents uh, are deeply appreciative of, uh, of, that, of that value system you bring uh, to representing uh, the, the folks in your district. I also, I'm very proud of the fact you've introduced uh, legislation to ban race-based preferences in the federal government. Uh, tell us your, your first motivation to do that uh, and what you expect to be the result. Yeah, so it's called the FAIR Act, and it ends discrimination by the federal government based on race, creed, color. And um, so what we've seen with the Biden administration, uh, let me share with you what kind of kicked this off. The very first bill that was passed after President Biden was sworn in um, was the ARPA bill, the American so-called American Recovery Plan. There were, I think, about $5 billion in there in an agricultural program that specifically discriminated against farmers based on race. If you were a certain ethnicity as a minority, you would qualify for that program. I mean, it was explicitly racist. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's nuts. I mean, farmers have enough time fighting the weather, um, 
you know, some of the conglomerates that um, um, don't treat them real well. And certainly their government, when they try to pass things like the waters of the United States, regulating every single drop of water, they got enough to fight against without the federal government saying, well, some of you farmers, you're not going to be able to qualify for programs because you're a certain skin color. That is abhorrent. And that is against the American ideal. And so uh, we've introduced bills to deal with stuff like that, but we've taken a broader um, scope with this now and said, this is just wrong. The federal, if, if we wanna stop discrimination in our country, and I believe most Americans want that, and I think a, a great majority of Americans want that, expect that, then the federal government should be the last ones that should be discriminating. The federal government shouldn't be initiating the discrimination, which they're doing now with these so-called equity programs that President Biden is trying to shove down the throats of Americans. Mm. It, it's stunning what this administration is doing. And I, I guess the question is, why isn't that on its face unconstitutional? And why can't there be a, 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 a if you will, a litigation adjudication of the idea that the federal government could set uh, policy based on the color of a citizen's skin. So that's, um, uh, it's a really good point you're bringing up, Lou, because that uh, race-based preferences with the Department of Agriculture that I mentioned just a minute ago, mm -hmm. that is on hold. A court has said, no, there's a public advocacy law firm here in Wisconsin that challenged it almost immediately. It is on hold and hopefully it's going to go away. But just like the student loan indebtedness, I don't think the Biden administration cares. They, they're, they're saying we're going woke and we're gonna do all the DEI stuff, equity, inclusion and all the rest. And we don't care and go ahead and sue us in court because you know what? We've got the power of the federal government behind us. The taxpayers are going to pay the legal bill while all the rest of us got to dig money out of our pockets privately in order to fight what the Biden administration is doing. It is incredibly cynical and it goes against everything that Americans have fought for. And by the way, the reason why the Republican Party was started back in the 1850s is to end discrimination in America, to live up to the ideals of all men are created equal. And you look at, you have a Democrat party at this point, Lou, that is going back to its roots of the 1800s. And it's so sad to see. It is sad. It is also infuriating because to this point, the Republicans have been helpless as the opposition party to stop them. When we look at the, the level of corruption throughout the federal government, the Marxist Dems have corrupted their party uh, to the point there is no one other than hard left radical leaders in, in the Democrat Party. And correct me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, the, the corruption within every, I would say every department certainly, and almost every agency is palpable, it is obvious, and to me, it's actionable, and I'm talking about in a court of law, because these are crimes that are being committed against the American people. And yet, the Justice Department is, to me at least, in my judgment, my perspective, it is primary in terms of its corruption and political corruption, because it is not only uh, pervasive, it is almost saturated 
uh, with the ugliest forms of corruption, political as well as financial. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's what we're seeing. I mean, do you think that the Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to go after businesses that want to discriminate or go against uh, perhaps another agency of the federal government that says, we're going to implement all this equity stuff, which explicitly discriminates against certain people because of their ethnicity, because of their skin color. Do you think Merrick Garland will do that? You know, he's probably not going to do that, which is terribly unfortunate because that was a common ideal of the American people um, that, you know, we fought a civil war over. We had to get through Jim Crow in order to accomplish it. And I believe we were to a much better place. I mean, my district is, um, I mean, it's, I think, like 93% white. So, you know, we're not a multi-ethnic district that I live in. Mm -hmm. But I spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C., in my role. And I deal with people of all ethnicities out there. And, you know, if there weren't these people that continued to try to divide people on skin color, the world would be so much better place because people want to get along together. I see it every day with my interactions with people whose ethnicity comes from all countries around the world. People do want to get along. And the people that are the race baiters out there and that try to divide us, and President Biden's doing that at this point, they do great harm to the melting pot of the world, the United States of America. And you use the word that's so important, the two words, melting pot. We have been that uh, since our founding, uh, almost since our founding. Uh, the, the very thought that now multiculturalism is instilled in the curricula of every public school, nearly every uh, university in the country, and not only accepted uh, but is, uh, if you will, the aspirational result of social and political policy in this country, public policy. Uh, it, it's a shame because this is a country that uh, Martin Luther King himself said it. Uh, we should be judged by the, the content of our character and not the color of our skin. All of us, every single one of us who has the privilege of being an American citizen. And to see this, this rancid, uh, psyops carried out against the American people by their own government. It's bad enough that by the Democrat Party itself that uh, operation is being carried out, but now it's being carried out quite uh, in in full, full measure by the federal government. We so, have to stop it. Yeah, absolutely, Lou. And so. Um, I hope people will take a look at the FAIR Act. It is a good bill that eliminate discrimination um, um, in federal contracting and how federal hiring is being done. But I also urge people to take a look at my co-authors on this. Because as I looked at social media a little bit this weekend, I saw one person said, well, there's Tom Tiffany being a white supremacist. Well, mm -hmm. I would urge them to take a look at my co-authors on this bill if that's the way you're thinking. Well, of course, they're going to think that way. And people who are, sure. frankly, we've got to start talking a little, I think, tougher. Uh, we being conservatives and Republicans and independents. Uh, if, if people are going to act and, and write ignorant things, you know, the heck with them. Uh, it's time just to move on and let them, you know, I, bite at our ankles because there, it, it's really, 
now I truly believe, Congressman, it just isn't worth the time to deal with them because they're just carrying out uh, a, a Marxist attack on this way of life of ours uh, and our fundamental values as Americans. And they've almost always run out of debating points, right, Lou? When the, the charge of racism is hurled, that is, they have no argument to debate you anymore. Right. And I have no time to put up with such nonsense anymore. Uh, and, I, and I don't. Uh, and I and I laud you for your both your patience and your energy in putting forth the legislation you have. I hope that we can see it come to pass as law uh, and have the significant impact uh, that we all hope for uh, in uh, this great country of ours. Uh, Congressman Tom Tiffany, thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. And God bless you. Lou, it was great to join you today, and um, I wish you the best. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Please join us here tomorrow, and our guest will be Gordon Chang, China expert, attorney, author, and radio host. That's tomorrow. Please be with us. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.